Hello and welcome to the 25 Stay Alive podcast, an inspiring, real and raw conversation with Hugo and Willie, two army mates and cancer survivors who are passionate in helping the lives of other young men and women. Everybody, and welcome back to the 25 Stay Alive podcast, normally with Willie and Hugo. But today I'm riding solo without Hugo. But never mind, I've got Lucindia Gregory in my studio with me. Hello, Lucindia, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Lucindia is probably the first person that popped up, for me at least, on sort of Facebook when I got diagnosed of, well, at least the first person with really good information <laughs> about what I'm going through and what, what she's been through. So Lucindia has been through for lack of my knowledge, a brain stem tumour for me almost like 10 years now you've been having ongoing problems with it from misdiagnosis through to sort of you now and and what you're doing for the community in Adelaide of sort of the brain tumour awareness and and information for people with them is just just brilliant. So firstly, thank you so much and thanks everyone for tuning back in. So listen, you just come in today, amazing person beautiful person every every time i get a message i'm like oh a little bit of sunshine to the day like what happened to you first so you were about 17 when you noticed something wrong yeah well, i was 17 and i woke up one morning um with the worst headache i've ever experienced and yeah it was a subarachnoid hemorrhage mm. um so i went on to spend a couple of weeks in hospital yeah with scans and everything and yeah i was to make a long story short, I was kind of just sent home um, with an inconclusive outcome. So, for those who don't know, what is a subarachnoid head hemorrhage? Yeah, I got that right. It's a for brain listening hemorrhage. Yeah. yeah, so it's a the brain bleed. Yeah, yeah where, but whereabouts in the brain is that? Oh. Is that a specific spot? Or? I just had this conversation with my neurosurgeon the other day, and <laughs> she would just be shaking her head because I probably get it wrong. It is, I believe. A bleed between the meninges, which is the mm-hmm. outer layers of your brain. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. That's not good, is it? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> yeah. So, so you, you presented. And how did that actually present? Like, what symptoms did you have for that? Um, oh, just massive headache. Mm. I think I, I called my mum and said, something's gone bang in my head. I'm having a stroke or really? something. Yeah. yeah. So you knew it was like, like straight hot off. water, something coming out of my ears. Oh. Also, um, like, actually a fluid coming out yeah, of your Yeah, it was like a... Yeah, oh wow! He was full on. That is full on at seventeen too. I was, uh, vomiting, um, yeah. like sensitivity to light. Couldn't move my neck. I couldn't move at all. God, I know. Pretty much just was. Like, <laughs> I know when I was seventeen, I had no idea which way it was fucking up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Let alone you're there spewing with fluid coming out your ears, going, yeah. Some, um, "Something's wrong with my brain." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, something. I was just like, "What the fuck is going on?" Yeah. So of course, and you went in to see your G- GP. To start yeah, I went in to see my GP. Um, and he thought I might have meningitis, so mm. off to the Royal Adelaide. Yeah, I think I passed out for, like, I can't remember the mm. next few days, so. And then when I woke up and they said, you've had a subarachnoid hemorrhage, and I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, I don't know, I yeah. just knew. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. yeah. Of course. No shit. <laughs> so, I, yeah, that year, the next year, next 12, 13 months, I was pretty much at home, just mm. recovering was just fatigued and in a lot of pain. Yeah. Had a constant migraine. Um, I eventually went and got some acupuncture, which helped with the migraine so that... I've had a lot of... I think it might have actually been you suggested yeah, that think, to me. Yeah, because yeah. I've had it after both the bleed and the tumour, so yeah. I find it really helpful. 
for pain. I should actually look into that. Yeah. Yeah. You're endorsing you're endorsing acupuncture and I'll I'll, I'll endorse it. I've had it before for um pain in like my shoulders. Yeah. Just to like loosen them up. So that sort of worked. Yeah. But your yeah, your story gets a bit darker because then it was like not like they got the scans and then it didn't really it wasn't all sort of kosher from there, was it? No. Um, and I probably can't even really talk about it too much yeah. actually. Oh, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, so when but, did you yeah. when did when did things start popping up again for you? So after the subarachnoid bleed, mm. yeah, it was like the, the year at home was spent just recovering and then yeah. I kind of I think my family were pushing me into not pushing me, but you know, what are you gonna do? What do you wanna do? I yeah. was seventeen. Everyone all my friends are at uni and TAFE and stuff. So. Yeah, that, that usual one. What are, yeah. What are you going to do? Come on. Yeah, <laughs> what am I going to do? So I went and um, studied. I studied graphic design. Hmm. So that was three years. Um, and that was good. Like I was just typical young adult out yeah. partying, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just doing. Wrong with that. Yeah. Trust, I've never been there, but, um, yeah. you know. <laughs> You're a good boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much just doing uni and seeing friends and catching hmm. up on lost time i feel like i lost you know a good year a year and a half yeah um and even though i did have some neurological symptoms like i did have pain and you know it's popping panadol like they're going out of fashion <laughs> yeah, yeah um i think i was just coping pretty well though i, I, I pretty i'm pretty positive like i always want to try and flip the negative and make the most out of life regardless I started vomiting a lot, so when I'd go back to my GP, he would, I guess he just assessed me as a young, like a young female, you know, she's vomiting, she's got anxiety, she's got depression, um, she's got an eating disorder, so I was sent to psychologists, psychiatrists, (laughs) and explored all of those options, and (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's just what I figured was wrong. It was, yeah. And And so what age were you at that point? I think I was about your age, 22, 23. Oh, so young, young, yeah. Tr- <laughs> yeah, young, young pup. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know I had no idea what was going on. And as you know, like, I don't know, do you get anxiety, depression? Uh, little get, bits and pieces. Yeah. It comes with, I think mine more comes with sort of the drugs as well. Yeah. Um, I find I'm pretty stable, if want of a better word, but stable when I'm not on the drugs. But when I'm off them, I'm like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I know a lot of people, it's a lot more common than sort of we even know anxiety in young people around mm-hmm. you know where well, your yeah, age then yeah. yeah of course it's like i feel like almost everybody everyone experiences I feel it like everybody point. experiences it yeah so yeah after that what was i doing i was just working mm. I, I finished um i'd finished my tafe course and was working and couldn't really seem to find my feet like yeah. every job that i'd get i just felt really i don't know like inhuman almost like i just like yeah, I'd like, get a job and hmm. I'd commit to it and I'd want to be really good at it, but I was tired and I was in pain. Yeah. Um, so I felt like... Almost doing like a disservice yeah. to Yeah. And yeah. I remember even going to work. I'd go to work and then it was like a part-time job and I'd yeah. be so exhausted by, you know, midday and I'd come home and have a sleep. And like that was just normal for me. Like yeah. I didn't... Yeah. I just thought that was what everybody does. Yeah, But yeah. it's not... You know, looking back now, in hindsight, I'm kind of like, that's just so abnormal to be that exhausted at, you know, by the time you're 25, it shouldn't 
No, nah, 25 yeah. is like your peak of your physical health. Yeah. People probably have to go, no, it's not, it's 30 yeah. something. But yeah, yeah. either way, you shouldn't be um, having to sleep all day. And no. I've, I've been like that now. Like recently, I've been like, oh my God, how yeah. am I so tired all the time? It's crazy. Yeah, and so- it's, I just feel like it never actually goes away after you've had a. Um- brain injury or brain oh god let's illness. let's let's hope not because it gets better <laughs> because i'm like because i'm, I'm teeing up for that 100k running oh, yeah. <laughs> in 11 months oh, I'm gonna smash it. it's oh, gonna be amazing oh god <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those things may have bitten off more than i could chew no <laughs> nah, we'll go for it we'll, Where we'll see it? how we Where go. are you doing it so i haven't actually decided on an event yet the worst comes the worst i'll just map out 100ks in the hills mm-hmm. and just go for a fucking jog yeah um, but there's lofty. other people doing yeah literally just up and lofty oh, 20 times up and down lofty nah no way i've done that once and I've, I, I think cried. my legs, my legs still hurt. <laughs> I'm still crying. It's yeah, Mount Lofty in Adelaide because I thought when I was seeing it because I, I Instagram searched it and I was like, oh, it's just all these like, people just do it to take photos and they're active wear at the top. <laughs> yes. Like this is going to be easy. I made it. So I went in like a button up shirt, like these shorts, <laughs> like you know, like like linen shorts and thongs. Oh, and thongs. the first time I walked up, it was in a button up and thongs. And by the top of it, oh, I was just like a sweaty mess. <laughs> I was, oh yeah. I was like chafing and everything. I was like, oh god. That last what is it, hundred meters? Yeah. It feels like. I was like, I'm happy to call it here and go back down. It's like it's like nine days or something the round trip. Did you do it when you while you've had brain cancer? Oh god, no. Or beforehand. Yeah. Beforehand. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> if that if that pops up in my training, I'll be like, nah, look, nah, I'll, yeah. just, I'll just I'll just wing the hundred K then. <laughs> I tried it again last year as a rehab goal. Yeah. And I got halfway, but it was with like I was so slow. And then I couldn't get down because my leg doesn't work oh, properly yeah, and I, yeah. my balance isn't great so yeah. i was like fuck i need oh, to, i need a stick yeah i'm so steep yeah so about 20, yeah. 28 it popped up for you when you went back in for another scan is yeah. that correct yeah. yeah so it was leading up to i was 28 mm. um and i'd had some neurological symptoms for maybe the last two years like just getting worse and worse like more vomiting it was like vomiting daily i remember this spectacular vomit i did once when i was picking my mum up from the airport uh it was really early in the morning i think i was maybe a bit no i wasn't even hungover (laughs) anyway if you were it's not the tumor yeah yeah it's the brain it's the brain tumor (laughs) i mean i I was vomiting every day regardless so yeah yeah yeah, it definitely wasn't the wasn't the champagne um uh, yeah, so I remember I got like a Macca's muffin on the way to the airport. Yeah. And by the time I picked up mum, just around the you know, yeah, pickup around. station, oh, yeah. we got through to Ikea and <laughs> I just like vomited spectacularly all over the steering wheel. Oh, no. And I was just like, <sighs> all out the window. So we had to stop, had, to, had it all over my clothes. I had to drive home in my undies. <laughs> and she was like what is wrong with you you hung over and i was yeah. like no like, i don't even know like no with specific foods as well like this is really gross like sushi would always make oh, me yeah, vomit more yep. and i think like heavier foods mm. nachos yeah oh no, I, I, love- I can't even eat them anymore because i've vomited really? so often yeah see i'm the opposite i like <laughs> i like i'm gonna eat foods that i'm gonna enjoy to re-vomit yeah so i'm like <laughs> i love nach like nachos is my um uh, if I was on death row, yeah. nachos is the food yes. I'd have. Like, yeah. you could have anything. And I'd be like, I want a big fucking plate of nachos. It's like <laughs> salsa and sour cream and everything. Yeah. I eat them on chemo because it's like, I, I'm going to throw up anything I eat. But yeah. at least this is going to be delicious coming back up. That's actually a really good idea. <laughs> I'm like that sometimes drinking too. I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I get Euros. 
Yeah, oh, it's no, the no. aftertaste. It depends. It depends if you get mixed or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so after that sort of spectacular session All of vomiting vomits. in the car, yeah. And then, then you went. The and then you went to. I know we're getting off topic. No, no, we can <laughs> we can we can take this anywhere you want. We'll have to we'll rename the podcast. Just yeah. like sick <laughs> with bomb. with Willie and Lucinda. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then you went to see your GP again, or. Yes, I was back and forth from the GP, like, quite a lot, just very emotion, like, emotional. Mm. felt really highly strung. I felt really, like, not like a human. Like, I was, yeah. I was angry. I was mm. upset. I was crying a lot. Because um, these things can have massive, like, these tumours people don't get in your brain, brain stem, everything, yeah. actually have massive implications or can have um, on your emotional emotions, everything, mm-hmm. um, and your moods. It, it's weird because I was talking to a guy, sorry to cut you off there, no, that's right. who had like, a similar tumour to mine, but in the spot of his brain that made him like, depressed. Oh. So he's like, I've got depression, not from anything, from actually this chemical reaction of fucking bulk tumour. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, it's a really weird thing. And yeah, you've obviously been through very similar Yeah, I just that. feel like any inflammation in the brain can't be good. Like I know oh, that no. mine sat pretty much in the stalk of my brain like if you yeah. think of the brain it's like if you go straight through the middle and then down like yeah right in the middle of your brain mm. and i know that i don't know if anything that what do you call it like touches on the depression and anxiety centers yeah. of your brain if that's if that's where it was i don't know but i just feel like any inflammation anything that's not supposed to be there um, is causing like a big wave of yeah, like issues, of really. Oh God, God, yeah. yeah. So, so you went back to the GP. Yeah, and then so they I, put I was having to... um, numbness in my leg. So I yeah. yeah went out one night was my god sister's hen's night, and I thought that I just I don't know fallen over in heels or whatever. What do you tweaked a nerve in tweaked my nerve, spine, yeah. and my foot went numb. And then like six eight weeks later, I remember saying to my mom or my sister like, oh my foot's still really numb. It's really strange. Maybe I should go get it checked. Oh, so six or eight weeks later of yeah. this, like pins and needles? Yeah, numbers? like pins and needles. Yeah. And I just thought, oh, maybe I've like done my... Twinge. You know, yeah, like yeah. something's gone wrong. Um, and I'd had... I'm an artist, so... <laughs> and I was right-hand dominant. So I found that when I was painting, um, I'd get a tremor in my right hand. And yeah. then I was doing like... Like I used to be fit, like <laughs> doing yoga and Pilates and gym classes and so much cardio and stair runs um, at Kensington Oval. And I just noticed like uh, with some of those like dumbbell classes, I'd mm. try to lift the dumbbells and I just, it was so weak on my right side that I couldn't even lift it above my head. Yeah. And are you um, normally right dominant? Yeah. Oh, right okay. Yeah. So you'd notice yeah. fairly quick. Yeah. Thinking, of course. What is going on? Like this is crazy that I can't even lift it, you know, one kilo <laughs> above yeah. my head. Yeah. And I remember doing, like, this still actually scares me so much. I was doing stair runs with my big sister at Kenzie Oval and, like, that's hard in general. But I remember we'd finished and it was only, like, 20 stairs. And I just got really, really dizzy and, like, said to her, I think I'm going to pass out. Like, I just don't feel right, like, Mm. at all. And it just scares me so much that that (laughs) tumour... could have blown up in my head like it could have bled again in my head yeah and i would have just died instantly pretty much so that tumor and excuse my medical terms here <laughs> is almost like a like a balloon full of like pressured like almost blood in yeah. you yeah yeah and if that does burst i guess then it, the massive implications of it would yeah, yeah i, f- I feel like you would just die instantly like a yeah. giant aneurysm i guess it's it, it was a hemangioblastoma so I just imagine a bowl of spaghetti yeah. and just think of them as blood vessels. Yeah. 
Um, so that's pretty much pretty much what that um, the doctors were dealing with in a really tricky spot in my brain, which my surgeon calls tiger territory. But then I had yeah. another friend say, we call that the valley of death. Valley like of he's death. a surgeon. So yeah. oh, okay. like, I yeah, call that yeah. the valley of death. Yeah, so, <laughs> I'm like, oh, great. Oh, God. So, yeah, so you went in... Um, Oh, sorry. So after you sort of noticed this numbness, yep. to see the same GP and then onto a onto he, yeah, he put me onto a neurologist for yep. some nerve testing just because my nerves felt all cray cray. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and my nerves were fine. So then after that, I went to my neurologist. I met my neurologist, yep. and he pretty much spent oh, it was like a minute or two just doing the normal, you know, squeeze my hand. Stand on your feet, like stand on one foot, yeah. walk in a straight line. Uh, and then he sat me down and said, I don't want to scare you, but there's something severely wrong here. Oh, really? Yeah. So I was like, oh, I don't that, want that to scare you, but there's something severely wrong. Of course, here. <laughs> your heart, right? Your heart goes into your throat. Of course, yeah. Yeah. And he's he said, I'll get you into an emergency MRI. I think it was that night or the next day. Oh, really? So within like the next 24 hours? Yeah. yeah. And then he's like, if we don't find something in your head, I'm sure it will be in your spine, but we'll start with your head. So he knew like instantly that yeah. something's not something's not right here. Because no. of course you're 28 at the time, 28. young, fit, healthy, doing art, everything. And then this is sort of just almost, almost come out of the blue to a, to a degree. Like you've had symptoms with this really yeah, ramped I, up the symptoms. I always felt like there was something wrong, but yeah. I wasn't really expecting it to be neuro related. Like I just, I don't know. I just thought maybe I've got, like, I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue and things like that. Yeah. So, I was like, oh, maybe I'm just... You never think it's going to be something yeah, like brain. an autoimmune system or something, you know. Yeah, I'm not eating enough iron or something. Like, yeah. it's something really simple. Yeah. So, that, that MRI, uh, so, she went and got that and then... Yeah. Was it... You were telling me sort of offline that he said, when I see you for your results, I want you to bring your family in. Yeah. Is, is that when you knew something like, oh, shit, yeah. this, is, this is very serious? I just burst out crying and... Mm. Yeah, when when he said that, and obviously the, I don't want to scare you, but I mean it's mm. going to scare anyone. Yeah, yeah. So I just thought, oh, that's like someone saying, "No offense." Yeah, but, no offense, but well, you're about to offend me, and doctor, you're yeah. about to he did you're about say, to scare the shit out of me. Yeah, he was like, "Do you want me to go over what it could be?" And mm. I was like, "Oh, like I don't know, I don't, I don't really know." And he said, "Well, you're 28, so, and you're a female, so it's like the prime age f- for MS diagnosis." Okay. Yeah. And then I was thinking, oh, God, who do I know with MS and, like, what's their life like and mm. if, would that be my life, thinking thinking about it? Yeah, so, he, yeah, higher risk for MS or then he said tumour. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. And so many times I'd Googled my symptoms before mm. beforehand. Best thing and to it do said, ever. I know. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. <laughs> like, I've I'd got be- testicular cancer. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> like, yeah. I thought I was a chick. Yeah, okay. I That's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Um yeah, and it actually always came up with brain tumour. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Like, I was like, no. Maybe Google was right for once. Yeah, I think it was. It yeah. was like I'd write in right-sided weakness, tremor, mm. headaches, vomiting. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> and I was just like, nah, it can't be. Hangover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if that comes up in Google. Pretty so, much. Yeah. Well, I used to work the door at yeah. um, Ed Castle. Okay, yeah. yeah. So that was just that was just daily. messy. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, Ed Castle. Um, <laughs> Back in the day. Oh god. Yeah. So you go into these neurologist yeah. rooms with your your family. Yes. Um, so I, I yeah I went to work mm. that morning, 
um, you're a pie, I was, pastry I was, chef at the time. Yeah, I was a yeah. pastry chef at the time. So I went to work that morning. It was early and I was supposed to see him, my neurologist, that afternoon. Mm. And I got a call from his receptionist maybe like 8 o'clock whenever she got there and said, can you come in as soon as possible? Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck. He's going to tell me I'm dying because why else would they call you so early and say yeah. come in as soon as possible? So that scared the shit out of me. And yeah, I met my family there. We just waited to get in. You know, yeah. those waiting rooms, you just... Oh, yeah. It's always yeah. the worst. actually it? get such bad PTSD going back to that. That doesn't... That, that actually room. does not surprise... Yeah, I, that doesn't I, surprise me at all. Yeah, I get really overwhelmed and get actually, up Actually, it's, it's funny you talk about that because I reckon I might even have almost similar to that. I've never even thought about it. I, but I reckon if I went back... I don't get treated at the same place anymore, but I reckon yeah. if I went to the waiting room of my first oncology rooms, mm-hmm. I reckon... Oh, I would definitely have some sort of like, mm, like oh god, sweating. yeah, like really low range for me. Yeah, it's, yeah, hundred percent. We can talk well, about it's, that. It's association with bad yeah. experience. I well, guess you, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. I like, feel like we, like most people, um, associate PTSD with you know going to war, going to Afghanistan, yeah. and coming back and being anxious mm. around loud noises because you've been shooting at people type thing. Yeah, but, but it's the exact same cognitive sort of functions yeah. of same with same with you going into Trauma. those rooms again yeah yeah so then you you and your family yeah went so we walked in, in yeah. to um dr layden's rooms and he had his he had my scans up on his computer screen yeah and i could see it straight away like this big white blob in the middle of your gray black brain and i said there's something in there and we sat down and he was kind of just standing there and said look i know we, I know I told you that we went over the things that it could be, um, but I'm sorry to tell you, you've got a brain tumour. Mm. It's in a really tricky spot. I'm not sure you. Ha- I'm not sure how long you've got left. Shit. Pretty much. God. And, yeah. Not only yourself, but your family to sort of. We were just take really quiet, in. like yeah. thinking back now. I just, I think my sister was next to me, and then my mum was on her other side, and I think we were just really. Just dead silent. Yeah. And I think it took a few minutes and then I started hyperventilating and uh, shaking. Yeah. Like it just, yeah, it felt like an out of body experience. It was mm. the worst day of my life by yeah. far. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just the worst yeah. day of my life. Yeah. And let's hope it is the worst day of my yeah. life. Yeah. So far. <laughs> it's all up from touch here. Wood. Yeah, bloody oath. We're, we're all touching wood in here. <laughs> yeah. We're dodging all the ladders outside. <laughs> no, if Bella, no if the Bella the Black Cat yeah, runs Bella in, the black we're, cat. we're gone. End of podcast. That's it. <laughs> Yeah. So from there, it was a pretty quick turnaround. It was really get, quick. Yeah. Um, so at that point, they didn't know what type of tumor it was. Yeah. They were. Did they have an uh, idea? They were thinking. I think they were thinking some kind of astrocytoma. I yep. think. In hindsight, if it had been that, I definitely don't think I'd still be still here be right here. now. I was extremely lucky in that it was a grade one benign mm. hemangioblastoma. Um. But, yeah, it was in a really horrible spot. So after that, what did I do? I went in for another MRI, I think, the next day. And then he had my neurologist had called and said, I've got you a surgeon. Um, he said, don't be offended. They're all pr- like all of the neurosurgeons are pricks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> neurosurgeons are dealing with them like you and me a lot. And some, for someone out there who hasn't, they are um, a different breed. They're a different breed. They're sort of like... The Formula One drivers of 
surgery and, mm-hmm. and they sort of walk around like it like they know it too All as you it. put <laughs> so we won't say the surgeon but quote i've got the biggest dick in brain surgery <laughs> yes i think that sums up them very very well yeah <laughs> although if i was a brain surgeon i'd be cruising around with it too i'd be like yeah. i drive a I drive a brand new mercedes and i'm <laughs> yeah. fixing tumors <laughs> yeah i'm saving lives <laughs> Yeah, so he, he said that and then he called me back like half an hour later and said, forget what I've said about all of the neurosurgeons because I found you. Another one. Another one, the best one. The best one, the yeah. The best one. Um, and yeah, she's amazing. So she is amazing. She's we, definitely not like... You wouldn't know she's a neurosurgeon no. at all. Um, we, won't, we, won't, we won't say her name humble. on air, but we do share a neurosurgeon, mm-hmm. um, a female professor. She's the neuroscience professor, yeah. <laughs> she's awesome. Um, and she's like the most... She's got a heart of gold. Heart of gold, but she's like charismatic too. Like she'll joke around with you as well, mm-hmm. which like a lot of neurosurgeons I find you're like, dude, yeah, yeah. like that was a that was joke, <laughs> man, laugh. Like, ha, ha, ha. Like they're, a, like they're a robot. And she's just... And the way she can deliver things to... Because mm-hmm. you got to remember like what she delivered to yourself and me at points was the worst news of our lives. Oh, yes. And... Some people just deliver that, like, you have a tumour, you are dying. I mean, she's got, a, like you said, a heart of gold and even gave you a, a birthday cake yeah, for your birthday, gave me a other, birthday cake years the other day. later. And I think that just explains, if you're building a picture in your head of who this person is, like, that is that is who she is. So then you went on to see her, what, a few days after this? Uh, yeah, it was a few, I think it was like three or four days after. Mm. And she made time for me at like 6 pm mm. or 5 5.30 pm after all of her yeah. other patients. Um, so I was her last patient that day and came in with my family and I sat on her side of the desk, you know, yeah. like who else does that as well? She said, I think it's going to be either one of these two tumours and explained what both of, like, what both of them were and yeah. could be. And did she want to do like a biopsy to find out first or just go straight in? Um, I think she went, no, what do we do? We did an angiogram. So that's when they nick that little artery, that big artery in your leg and put a really long piece of wire up into your brain. Oh, really? And they, yeah, like this dye goes into your brain and you're awake so you can, you're you're awake while they're doing it. You've got to keep really still. And then they've got, what are they called? Like the big camera things around your head. So they're taking photos of your brain Mm. and you can see it come up on the screen on the wall. So Crazy. Yeah. So I think that's how they, that's how she wanted to attack it. What else did I do? I think I had another MRI. Mm. Um, so one, after I had the angiogram, oh, I went into I went into the Royal Adelaide, and oh, I think I was in there for a week of tests yeah. before the big surgery because I had to figure out like what exactly it was and like how they're going to attack it. Yep. Just because of where it was in my brain. Yeah. So it ended up being the hemangioblastoma, which was in hindsight really lucky. Yeah. Um, so the angiogram showed that it has, I think, like a main vessel which is like supplying all of the blood to the tumour. Then because there's a a disease which is called VHL, I don't know how to actually say the whole thing, von Hippolindau or something. That's perfect. I don't don't even know how to say it. Go on Google Translate if someone wants it. (laughs) Anyway, VHL. So that's um, if you have a hemangioblastoma, you do have the possibility of having the Mm. like illness associated with oh, okay. it, like yeah. disease associated with it. But I didn't end up having that because I had genetic That's testing. A fucking double whammy, isn't it? So, yeah, if you yeah. have that, that means you get these tumours all around your body, oh, like okay. in your eyes yeah. and in your spleen and oh. stuff like that. Yeah, so there are people out there with multiple 
um, hemangioblastomas, which would be pretty rough. Yeah, fucking nice. So then I had the, the surgery day came, mm. and that's just like another shit day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big day. Because you kind of, yeah, it's a big fucking day. A nervous day too. A nervous. I think the day before uh, the neurosurgeon was lovely enough to let me go home for the weekend and yeah. spend some time with my family. Yeah. But, I mean, when I got there, I was so anxious and I remember my sisters being like, let's go to the beach. And I was like, I can't move. Yeah. I just can't. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, yeah. Oh, God. So I got to see my friends and mm. went back into the hospital on the Monday and had the surgery on the Tuesday. So they get you up nice and early and mm. um, prepped for surgery. And I remember, like, I just remember everything about that day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, like the, yeah, it's, it's funny so that, clear. Yeah, like every tiny, tiny mm-hmm. detail down to like I can remember like um, and I had a very minor surgery comparatively to that, like not even scratching the surface compared. But like I can remember like the watch the doctor was wearing and yeah, like the the, the brain of the glass like the anaesthetist had. Mm-hmm. It's just like your brain just is super like turned on yeah. at that point. Yeah, like you remember how many nurses there were. Yeah, and I remember this one. She was uh, she was so lovely, and she just. I was like, please don't let go of my hand. Mm. Like, so she held my hand for I think the whole hour of in the waiting bay, and then oh god, getting into the surgery. So then it went in, and the surgery was ten hours or more. Did you say? Yeah, I think it was about ten hours. Yeah. So it was supposed to be around six, and then like six to seven, I think. And then my family were kind of waiting for the phone call to say she's okay, she's alive. Yeah. So my biggest fears going into that were dying. Yeah, like, obviously. <laughs> I'm just oh, wait, thinking. What really? <laughs> yeah. I didn't think I was going to survive it. Like I yeah. honestly didn't. I I went in, yeah, just thinking, oh, this is in the worst spot ever, and mm. it's vascular, so I'll probably bleed out. It's not that I didn't have any trust in the neurosurgeon. It's that I was just scared. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And then you you described it to me that the surgeon said it's almost like picking the the at the vascular level cutting it out it's like pulling like cotton yeah like silk it's like, like silk a, yeah hack like no like hacking away at fine silk i guess yeah that's just, hacking that's that sounds insane. really like hacking yeah, hacking away <laughs> now we'll do hacking away hacking away at fine silk It'd be like a what's the word i'm not even sure I, I, what i'm imagining is you know when like cats like massage oh, with yeah. their feet before they lie down <laughs> yes. that's how i'm imagining like the surgeon with like little like, like <laughs> little tiny tools little pulling like little va- like vascular bits yeah. out like a quick unpick yeah literally <laughs> but i can't believe like 10 hours like of course Doing that, you're always there lying down i can't focus on anything for that like i can't i couldn't play playstation for more than like half an hour and the doctor there or the, the surgeon's there picking out these little like tiny bits of s- silk here. Yeah. and of course oh, it's not just like it's incredible. not just like hacking a wave if anything goes wrong this person dies yeah like it's 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 someone's life i know and that just shows the sort of the, I feel the, like the I'd metal look- of these people it's insane <laughs> i feel like i'd look at a tumor and just be like where do i even start but oh, i don't know i, I, mean- I wouldn't start i'd be like no nah. <laughs> Get someone else in. Yes. That's why. I'm, that's why I'm doing this, and I'm not a neurosurgeon. Yeah, yeah. So then, exactly. Me too. <laughs> you, did you wake up with any um, loss um, of anything? Like I remember right? waking up, and she was there next to me saying, "Wake up, Lucinda. Wake yeah. up. It's time to wake up." And I woke up, and I said, "Did you get it all?" And she mm. said, "Yes." And then I started crying. And that's just. And then I. Like and then I said, "Ultimate I, relief, isn't it?" Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. It's just so crazy that I remember, like, every detail. So, yeah. yeah. 
um, yeah, then I said, I can't feel my right side. Mm. And, yeah, that, that was pretty much when I realised that I didn't have a right side anymore, but I did. I just couldn't. I was paralysed. Yeah, and that's, that's still you've still got that, don't you, that you can't? Yeah, hemiparesis, I think, is what they call that. Yeah, so that is the... Because we have, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like, say me, I have a sort of unconscious awareness of my arm in space, that mm-hmm. it exists, that it is there. And you don't have, of course, you've got everything in your arms, fine, to a degree, yeah. but you just don't have that like spatial awareness that it actually exists. Yeah, is that correct? proprioception. That's crazy. Which is your, yeah, your awareness of where your limbs are. Yeah. Or your proprioceptors are. I had no idea what these words are before <laughs> Before all of this. I didn't even know what hemiplegia and hemiparesis was. I remember yeah. a physio saying, oh, you're a hemi. And I was like, what? I'm an engine. Like, yeah, oh. well, you don't think about it. Like, mm. I know everybody knows, like, uh, like a quadriplegic, you know, you've got four limbs affected. Yeah. Uh, a paraplegic, you pretty much got like, your legs, yeah. your two limbs affected. So hemi is just half. Oh, okay. Like half of your body. Yeah. That's just, that's just crazy. And yeah. you, and, but you've obviously, like, you, you don't even know that you have that. No, like, no, I know. Because like, this is the first time I've, I've met you like, in person. You know, we're talking, I don't know, almost like a year on yeah. Facebook, I guess, which yeah. is insane. That we live in the same, we can't work out a bloody juice. We're talking like, we're going to go get a healthy juice like 12 months ago. And it's been like, it hasn't happened till now. But like, you walked in and I'm like, doesn't seem to say. She's walking. Know. She's walking. She's walking. Fine. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I can hand you something to your left hand, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. to your right hand, and to, just yes. to stuff you up. Like, yeah. here, grab this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm still working on my hand in OT, so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's good. And is there, like, improvements? Like, is it getting. Oh, yeah. So when I woke up, I mm. was. It was stuck to my yeah. chest. Like, the right side was. I guess I wanted to go back into, like, a fetal position. Yeah. I, I sure. Where it's comfortable, yeah. And I. Yeah, I couldn't feel it. I couldn't sense it. So lots of sensory loss. And then my yeah. leg, I, I wasn't aware that I had a leg or a tummy or a butt oh. or a back. <laughs> that's, um, that's a crazy, pretty scary thing, isn't it? Like, yeah. And I'm, how you deal, like, you're 28 at the time. Like, how, the, how do you deal with that? Like, how do you move forward through that? Yeah. Well, I was on a lot of fentanyl, so. Was, <laughs> that's that's <laughs> one way. Yeah. It was definitely, that was definitely keeping me calm, I think. Mm. And then. But I, I was pretty aware, like, a, f- a few days in, I think maybe the second day or even in ICU, they sat me up and I, my eyes just jumped like I couldn't focus on anything at yeah. all. I was just thinking, oh, yeah, no, so they stood me up. Yep. And, my yeah, my eyes were just jumping all around the room as in I couldn't see mm. or focus on anything. And I just remember thinking, oh, God, this is, like, way worse than I ever imagined yeah. it would be. God. And then... Yeah, just not being able to feel or sense and then looking down at my body and it was, it just looked so not, like, just looked so paralysed. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then um, you went to rehab from there? To- yeah, so I think I spent about almost almost two weeks in the RA and then I went yeah. to Hampstead Rehabilitation. Yeah. Um, they didn't really know where to put me because of where my tumour was. So it was kind of like mm. brain... But then it also went down onto the spinal cord, so it's yeah. like yeah, yeah. you did doubles, but we can't put you in both wards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they put me on spinal spinal ward, which was probably a bit nicer. There was probably more younger, like young people on there. Yeah. <laughs> and you met Ben. 
Yeah. So Ben, who was on the podcast of, God, I want to say episode three or four, yeah. um, wasn't actually notes from the... Yeah, so I'd see him around. Yeah. Like I'd be, I think he was an outpatient by then, but he was mm. there quite often. And yeah, I was um, working my way from like transferring from my chair to the plinth to my physio yeah. and stuff. And yeah. he, yeah, I'd see him around. Oh, so God. it was good. Yeah. So you were there for four months? I was months? in for four months, yeah. Yeah. It was a long time. It's a, it is a long, it time. Is a long time. I remember when they said, oh, you, you know, 12 weeks or, yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, no. Like, Surely just like, a few weeks. Not. What, I was walking a day ago and yeah, I'll exactly. be walking tomorrow. That's it. I was like thinking about it now. It's like in my head at that time, I was kind of like, how is this happening to me? This mm. this doesn't like this doesn't happen to people like me. You hear stories about it like, oh, you know, that person's, I don't know, been in a car accident or yeah, oh, I don't know. You wouldn't think it's actually you, would no. it? Like, that happens to other people. No. People in the news, not not me. And then mm. the amount of medication that I was on, like a cocktail of, you know, pain Everything. meds and yeah. steroids and stuff, you're just so overwhelmed, like your emotions are just yeah. going crazy. So I feel like I spent months or even years, mm. like, just so upset and crying. And like, how, how many years ago is that now? Like, of it's just gone four years. Four years since, since yeah. the surgery. And, and so what's things looking like now? Like... Do you have like constant scans and everything to see if anything's coming back or is yeah. it like... I was having six monthly scans until the other day on my birthday when I saw the neurosurgeon and yeah. she's pushed out to eight months, which is good. I oh, so eight monthly scans. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and that's is really anything, good. Has anything popped up or is it just like a... No, I've got a chunk of scar tissue on my yeah. brainstem, but... And does that cause issues? Yeah. Like I guess like the, the receptors so. almost get a bit blocked up there or something or... So I think what's happened is she's removed the tumour mm. and... There's, it hasn't been like my spinal cord and my brain stem haven't been severed, but the nerves, like the cranial nerves, have been stretched and oh, yeah. possibly like a little bit broken. A bit of trauma there. Yeah. yeah. Like, so I'm not sure. You've, they, they give you two years to heal after yeah. a surgery. Um, and like I remember that first year, I was just like head down, bum up. You know, I was doing as much surgery as I could. In Hampstead, I was doing six. I think I was doing about six hours a day or, you know, I was doing four, maybe four, like four different therapies a day. You do your physio, your OT, I was doing hydrotherapy. Um, They created another group for me called Upper Limb Group because (laughs) I was like, I really, really want to do more because I know the more therapy you do, the better you get. Of course. You're on that grind. Yeah, I, feel so like, they, I feel like we need like a montage. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so they, yeah, they created this group and I was the only one that went. Nobody That's else right. wanted to go. So all the others like strokies and stuff, they didn't want to. <laughs> strokies. Strokies. From the stroke ward, they didn't yeah. want to come. <laughs> yeah. Huh. So I was just in it by myself, like, I don't know, learning how to cut paper or, yeah. you know, you're picking up pegs and putting them in a hole. Yeah. And it's fucking relentless. Like, oh, of course. Fucking earth. OT. Uh, they're amazing like OTs mm. are amazing all therapists are amazing but I hate I hated it <clears throat> and I still hate it I'm still trying to work on my hand yeah so 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 is this like affected your like, your life expectancy now is it the same uh, as I think it's the same as an as a normal person as a normal person <laughs> as a normal you're not one of us normies go yeah. away um, <coughs> that's yeah that's a and that just shows sort of the beauty of this surgery that you had weeks to live mm-hmm. if this surgeon can go in and do the surgery has done the surgery you've been left with 
oh, say minor disabilities. Yeah. Like you're not in a wheelchair on a or no, on a ventilator. You just got, um, um, yeah, d- uh, invisible. Invisible arm. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, you can't even see it. Um, <laughs> and you'll live till 90 years old. That's yeah. it. And that, that, and that just crossed. shows. Fingers crossed. Yeah. You never know. I haven't been driving with you yet. Yeah. <laughs> if we go get that juice. I do have a spinner knob on my, you know. On your steering wheel. So if that falls off. Then, yeah, that falls off. We're going to the highway at 110. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And that, that is, that's just incredible. And it, was that like a weird thing to, because I've talked to a fella who's in remission now of cancer. Mm-hmm. And he was told, you will die in the next 12 months. Went through some um, went through treatment, some treatment, some pretty really aggressive treatment. And then it was like, you're, you are fine. You'll live for the next 30 years. Oh, wow. And his mental state of being like, I was putting my affairs in order to die. Yeah. Did you sort of go through that? Of like a, you've accepted, okay, this is what's happening to me. And it, oh, the whole thing has changed. And it's like, almost like it's never happened. To, yeah, a, it's, to a small degree. Like, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's weird because everything happened so quickly it was within a week of like being diagnosed and then the surgery and obviously you're warned of like the possible outcomes of surgery and there are always risks and you just never think it's going to happen to me and then it does happen to you and you're like oh shit like Mm. okay so this is my life now and I struggled a lot like I remember when you had Ben on here and um he was he just seemed so positive like he was like you know, like water off a duck's back type thing. Um, and I wish I could have been like that, but I, I wasn't. Like I was devastated. My life had it done is, a complete 180. Yeah, yeah oh, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I was just devastated. I was just, yeah, it was horrible. It was yeah. the worst two years really of my life. And mm. I, I, like I'm just really lucky. I had really great support in my family and really good friends and I met a lot of amazing people on the yeah. wards and I think having a great neurosurgeon, you know, who's oh, empathetic so and much. who can sit with you and like mm. empathise with what you're going through and understand. And do you think that's made you that that particular two years, like a stronger, more mature person? Oh, yeah. I don't even know mm. who I was before this. Like, Yeah, so you sort of like that. You were like yeah. Lucinda before the tumour and Lucinda after the yes. tumour, like completely. I, I call that my past life. Like yeah. I I feel like, you know, you know, when you're young, you're still trying to find your feet. Yeah. But I feel like I was kind of next level trying to find my feet. And it, it all felt like it built up to this one mm moment as she does it easier better for it like, yeah it's like yeah. it's crazy it's it's funny though because i've got a broken lifeline on my hand okay yeah like i know if you're not very into all that kind of like no i have no voodoo. idea <laughs> 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 what is it like In the, yeah so I, yeah. My, I i don't know like I, I remember years and years ago mm. um hearing that if you've got a broken lifeline it means you're gonna like die early oh okay um and so I'd always look at it and be like, what is it? Like, what's going to happen? Something big is going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And then this happened. And then this went down. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's it. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. The voodoo died. Like, the voodoo died. Right. My lifeline <laughs> on my hand is right. Oh, God. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I just now on the other side of it, and now I'm on like as mm. far away from surgery as I can be. Like, yeah. it's just, and getting that's further. just the better, you know. I feel, I'm sure you feel the same. Like, yeah. Especially after you stop chemo, you're probably like, yes, like now I can concentrate on and it sort know, of what you want to do. Reaffirms what's important in your life. Yeah, oh, a lot yeah. of that sort of bullshit gets just left behind you. Yeah. Like that didn't matter. Don't I feel like, like I'm just such a 
like I feel like I look at the world so differently now. Mm. I, yeah. I'm not like I know. Um, I feel like I'm wise beyond my years type thing. Like I just, oh, I, 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 yeah. when you go through such a traumatic event, you just, you like, you have to face all your demons. You have to face mm. it, everything. Yeah. Well, that's what, um, and I, we talk about it a little bit on the podcast, but a bit, a lot of sort of veteran groups as well mm-hmm. with post-traumatic stress versus post-traumatic growth mm-hmm. that you go through this stress, whether it's a combat situation to a doctor's office or whatever um and how but how you actually strong people and what you need to do you need to do from it is actually learn to grow from that situation mm-hmm. so because the situations happened whether you've been in a car crash in a doctor's office in a shootout with a gun or whatever yeah. that what's happened has happened how you actually grow from that and learn from it otherwise it's just traumatic mm-hmm. um otherwise it will just be traumatic and you'll just go downhill and yeah. you've you've grown from it a hundred percent oh if, yeah, yeah i think so and then the sort of the way you are in in the community of you make you make me feel bad that you're no. like you're you're that involved in sort of the, the brain stem cancer sort of community you know all these people you know all the technical terms and i'm like shit I know nothing. I know. (laughs) So because I think it, I feel more empowered when I research. Yeah. Like I, I, then I know what's going on in my body and I'm, yeah, I'm a bit of a sucker for like those medical shows and stuff. So (laughs) it's all crazy. I love watching it. Yeah. Oh my God. I love crazy. Oh God. Yeah. But like even, even you, you, you really love stuff about like my dream. I'm like, I don't know. Like, um, but I think the, the passion you bring to it as well shines through, as far as like even if you have a messenger when you send me a message i'm like oh she really does give a shit yeah like, i really do you're one of those people that sends ma- i'm a i'm a small replier like small yeah. you send these like, like massive like matt you need to do this and like this treatment or talk yeah, to your doctor you about this? this and then i'll reply like yeah good thanks like, <laughs> and i feel yeah. bad because i'm like i'm a pre- i mean a long reply i'm just not that smart <laughs> you are no oh, i right. think what you're doing in the community is just <laughs> Just awesome. At least on sort of the circles, the, the the Adelaide support groups that I'm part of. I'm part of, but you're a significant part of. Like I'm just like a little little cog in the work somewhere. Um, and I'm like, get in there, Maddie. You're like you're like you're like a big sprocket. I'm just like a cog somewhere. Um, I think I just I just can't believe how many people are affected by brain tumors and brain like brain cancer. Mm. It makes me sick. Like I and, and young people too. Young, they're all our so age. many young people. All our generation. Yeah. Like, yeah, just so many, and it's, I don't know. It's a really unfair thing. We talked about some people yeah. offline of significantly worse off than both you yeah. and me. Um, it breaks your heart. It breaks my heart, and, and I think it does. That's when why when I there's no, it. like the way I see, like I've still got options and everything, and then some of these people just have nothing. No, like how do you face that music? And um, how quickly it change? It can change. Yeah, like yeah. I think what I've taken away from my experience is you know like nothing is promised in life mm. so you've really got to appreciate absolutely everything whether it's you know the clothes on your back or being able to touch the wood like, touch a table and feel yeah, it yeah. like or i don't know just appreciating sleep or just everything the, the smallest things yeah i i feel that very strongly because it can, that's what you bring yeah the, the passion you bring to, to me because some I can be very lazy with things of like oh look nah like like I say with my surgery I'll, I'll get to it like I want to live my live my life and yeah. the surgery and you're coming over the top like no have the fucking surgery and do this yeah and do it because 
you're, you're more knowledgeable than me and you've had such a such a success with your search and it is a success story like what's happened to you is so yeah. it, it's brilliant I, um, yeah i can see that now i you know you asked me a few years ago i would have been like this is not a success because i'm i'm not where i want to be in life mm. i feel like i still feel like i've lost so much you know everyone my age all my friends are on their second child and have bought houses and mm. you know i'm back restudying i feel like i'm 18 again in so many ways um, yeah, you come on Kentucky with me. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> I actually would. It'd be so fun. It's it's and yeah, I, I guess it's taken me a while to but think of like all of this other growth that I'm doing yeah. is not a bad thing. It's not a negative. Uh, that, that's the thing. People move at different rates, mm-hmm. um, and I sort of, uh, I think sort of your age is, is is a bit of a quote of me some somewhere floating around. It's probably got swear words in it, but like <laughs> your age is sort of what you've exposed yourself to or what you've been exposed to in your life. Mm-hmm. I see some people at eighteen who have been exposed themselves to so much. Like I know seventeen-year-olds mm-hmm. who have been to Afghanistan and stuff like that. Yeah, it's intense. And then I know people who are forty who have done fucking nothing. Um, and I sort of feel that even if you think, oh my, you're comparing yourself to people in your age group wherever, but I'm like, yeah, but look at what you've been through. So basically, we're about a hundred years old. Oh, basically, yeah, yeah, we're ancient. That's what I feel like. My like. life expectancy is through the roof. I'm like four hundred. <laughs> that's why my skin's all fucked out. Oh, um, I think, uh, I think, no, nah, like, like that comparison, and you might not see it, but like from me, I'm like, you've been such a okay, so soundboard for other people in the community for tumors and doctors and. And, and really a, a no bullshit. Oh, <laughs> like, I definitely... Like, I've messaged you and I've been like, oh, God, like, that's savage. <laughs> like, hey, very I savvy. Guess, I guess I'm not. very honest. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. That's the best thing. I think it's just, like, sugarcoating these things is, yeah. you know, that's just such an easy way out. It is. I think I appreciate honesty more than almost any other attribute from oh, people. Oh, I'm the same. Yeah. So yeah. I think, you know, when I sit down and chat with you... And you're like, oh, I'm like, what are you doing next? <laughs> yeah. And I'll be like, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm going to travel. I'm like, God yep. knows. <laughs> I think it's great that, you know, everyone has goals and stuff. But Oh, yeah. And what, what, what's the sort of near future looking like for you on a, on a lighter topic? Um, well, I'm studying social work now. So I'm two years in. Yeah. And my goal is to get into neurosurgical rehabilitation, counselling and support. Yeah. So, you know. And that just shows. Crossed, that just shows what this has sort of affected you yeah. there and that, that now you've, your career path is now going down this line to help people like yeah. you and me. Because I just don't know how you can go through something like this and not want to give back in some way. Oh, 100%. Like I've been watching you probably since you were on the news flipping tyres. You mean Carl Stefanovic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Carl, come you on know, the podcast. You have got Hamish and Andy and stuff like that. Uh, so yeah. it's pretty amazing. Um, so I'm an ambassador for the Neurosurgical Research, Research Foundation here in mm-hmm. Adelaide. So they're the only neurosurgical um, foundation in all of South Australia that give all 100% of their profits to mm. um, research here in Adelaide. Yeah. You can actually go and see what they're doing. They're like doing neurosurgery on sheep type thing. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, and they cover a lot of things. They cover like pediatric brain tumours, yep. um, adult cancer, brain cancer, and then like neuro illnesses and stuff as well stroke mm. so it's a it's a broad neuro yeah very um, yeah. foundation but they do amazing things and yeah it's all amazing it's not yeah. like broad ones good ones bad it's just all broad awesome yeah. yeah 
Yeah. And I think I, I, I like backing the charities that are, you know, all the money doesn't go to admin type things. So. Yeah, you can see it's like going directly yeah, there. Yeah, I know it's going directly there. Yeah, so what have we done in the last few years? Do the city to bay every year. Yep. Um, so that was like my first rehab goal. My neurosurgeon said, so you're going to do city to bay with me this year? And I was like, oh, God, I'm like still in a wheelchair. I absolutely <laughs> can't walk. Yeah. But, so I thought, no, I think I'll do it next year. And that can be like a, a rehab like goal, a goal to yeah. like set myself. You know, I wanted to be able to walk again. You know, I eventually got there. So I did. I walked the 6K I think 2016. That's epic. Yeah, so that was just over 12 months post surgery. Mm. Uh, that absolutely killed me, but <laughs> I felt like Welcome my legs were on backwards. Yeah, I felt like yeah. my legs were on backwards. Um, or one of them at least. You can't feel yeah, the bloody other one. one. Of them. That's actually that's that's one good thing. Is like, well, I only get one sore leg. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, but it's it's like there's so much pain in the affected side. Oh it's like, damn it. Yeah. It's that, like ongoing. It just never goes away. It's like I saw a meme the other day. It's it was like fair. this guy, like this this guy lost both of his legs <laughs> and then climbed Mount Everest. Like, what's your excuse? And the top comment goes, "My legs would hurt." Oh, <laughs> oh my god. Oh, god. <laughs> Insensitive. Yeah, I was just like, how's the audacity? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, oh, the humanity. <laughs> I would love to walk uh, the Kokoda Trail. Like, it's probably, yeah. it's one of my... Maybe we should get a team together of Yeah, well, our um, neurosurgeon wants to do it too, so we could do that. Oh, does she? Well, you, I see yeah, her, no, she does. I see her soon, so yeah. I'll, um, if I, I won't remember, but I'll, uh, I'll have to listen to this back and yeah. then take a note. I was yeah. wanting to get a team together and do it for brain cancer yeah but i'm just like oh my god i'll probably die on the walk <laughs> like, carry get, yeah i'm like how am i gonna get up and down the terrain yeah. with a half numb body nah, you'll be right yeah. <laughs> we'll give you a hook for a I hand cry with lofty like can you yeah, imagine in the, in the beginning of this podcast we talked about crying up mountain like the smallest mountain ever <laughs> yes <laughs> it's probably just it's classified as a mountain and it's all there's no path <laughs> yeah now that'd be awesome though that's um yeah so that's, and that'd be an awesome goal. That's that's my big rehab goal. Yeah. So maybe it might take a few more years. Yeah, but those things move slowly. Yeah. So you want to travel? You know, only overseas stuff or? Yeah, I went. Where did I go? I went to Bali <laughs> and the Gili Islands, mm. which are amazing. Stop it. And Singapore. Yeah. Uh, not last year, the year before, two thousand seventeen, and that was my first overseas trip since surgery so i yep. was lucky enough to travel a lot when i was younger just um from my mum's job and stuff so that was good but yeah i do i want to i, I want to get to morocco and spain mm. hopefully this year or maybe april may next year wonderful you know, i want to do antarctica oh really yeah yeah cold. i want to go to all too that cold. <laughs> too cold actually no, yeah, well, it says me who's like a scandinavian like oh, i love scandinavia <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that's why you got the blonde hair yeah, I know, blue eyes. Yeah. Maybe I could just, like, go over there and just blend in, get on their, like, their tax system or something, get yes. some more money. I don't know. <laughs> Aren't they all rich? Where? In Antarctica? No, not Antarctica. <laughs> there's no one there. There's, like, there's, like, polar bears and me yeah. over there. Yes. Oh, well, well look, we'll, we'll look at finishing up there. But, like, yeah. if you were to give sort of a – almost as a take-home message for someone, and it doesn't have to be, like, a, a tumour thing, especially for – young females going through this because you know, a lot of the time this is sort of me talking shit and well me and Hugo you know we're, we're young men um, and then sort of a take home measure for, for young girls going through 
anything from like a brain tumor, but just through a really hard time of like how you overcame it and you've really thrived in such mm-hmm. a hard situation? I think just keep going and listen mm. to yourself, listen to your body yeah. and your heart, like your gut, trust your gut because I trusted mine and I felt like there was something wrong and I kept trying and trying to, you know, yeah. figure it out and it led to this tumour. So, And the impact you just, you've made on myself yeah. is massive. Oh, and thanks. I think there's that – and that's a community what in the in sort of our small little brainy community. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a thank you getting, from behalf of us. It's getting larger and larger. Which isn't a good thing. No. I don't want, I don't want the community scary. to exist. It's the only like – I'm like, I love these people, but I don't want you all to exist. Like, I know. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of breaks my heart, but then – I like feel I, so empowered as well around other Yeah, you are. But I sort of feel like I wish we weren't. I wish we didn't have to know each other, yeah. if, if that makes yeah. sense. Like, although I love knowing you, it's like I wish <laughs> these these circumstances didn't happen. Yeah. That it would be in a bar like, oh, hey, how are you? Like, yeah, exactly. Not, not just like, oh, look, I've got a brain cancer. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's the way sort of humans and people like yourself you know, help others. Mm. It's just to the nth degree, thank you. Oh, thanks. So, finishing up with Lucindia there, but um, hopefully I've been all right here without Hugo. Hugo's the more academic one of the podcast. He, um, Where's he at? So, he's in Prizzy. So, normally we just do it online. Oh, um, I thought you said Prizzy, as in like he's in prison. Was, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, nah, Hugo's actually in prison. <laughs> That's why he's not on the podcast. He's in Prizzy. No, nah, yeah, he's in, he's in Brisbane. And then this one, I just thought, you know, two brainies would do this. Same as if, like, Hugo with the bowels or balls or whatever so yeah this so yeah i hope everyone's enjoyed listening in so thanks again and if you want to listen to my story or hugo's story or anyone else's um, for the 25 stay alive podcast we're on spotify and itunes and there'll be a youtube link there somewhere so thanks again thanks for having me cheers you've been listening to the 25 stay alive podcast Subscribe on iTunes or Spotify to get fresh new weekly episodes. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 25StayAlive. And feel free to send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. See you next time.